Good morning. Our reading is from Mark 1, verses 21 through 28. Jesus and his followers went to Capernaum. Immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and started teaching. The people were amazed by his teaching, for he was teaching them with authority, not like the legal experts. Suddenly, there in the synagogue, the evil spirit screamed, what have, you, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One from God. Silence, Jesus said, speaking harshly to the demon. Come out of him. The clean spirit shook him and screamed. Then it came out. Everyone was shaken and questioned among themselves. What's this? A new teaching with authority? He even commands unclean spirits, and they obey him. Right away, the news about him spread throughout Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. When I first saw this was the gospel text for the lectionary this week, the girl who stole a good chunk of her life was like, yeah, demon possession, let's, let's go, I got this. But the uh, person who kind of left that world and eventually became a Baptist pastor is like, mm, go there. Um, let's do one of the easier texts because this one's a little messy and complicated. But obviously, I released that and said, I'm up for the challenge because I'm a weird hard things. So here we go. So by the raise of hands, who kind of clinched up maybe literally or emotionally or mentally when you heard this? One? Only one person? Okay, so there's two people. Okay. The rest of you are lying. No, just kidding. Uh, just joking. Um, so maybe some of you have been familiar with this text. It's been used to belittle or to use people. Or maybe you thought, you know what? This is not really relevant to my life at all. Did anyone think it wasn't relevant to you? A couple people? Okay, a couple more honest folks here. Just teasing. My hope is that we can take this text and to redeem the ways it has been weaponized and to see the power in a positive light and the profound relevance it has still to 2024. Is that cool? You guys cool with that? With me? You tracking? Okay, great. So Jesus in the Gospel of Mark is bold. A straight shooter, the one who isn't to play. The way Jesus is portrayed in each gospel, especially at the beginning, says a lot about the larger themes that are going to be um, digging into the understanding of the mission and the character Jesus is. In Matthew, Jesus is a teacher and the new lawgiver like Moses. In John, he creates the unexpected and the unimaginable abundance. In Luke, he releases those held captive, heals the sick, and proclaims the good news for all people. But in Mark, oh, you know, he has his authority and his power, and he shuts up demons. Mark starts Jesus' public ministry with confrontation. 
even before the demon appearance, some, some not-so-subtle tone of publicly criticizing the scribes, how I read it, in verse 22. The people were amazed by Jesus' teaching, for he was teaching with authority, unlike those legal experts. Whatever tone you want to read verse 22, but it is clear that they really liked the way Jesus was teaching, and it wasn't like the teaching they were used to by the legal experts. Now, the CEB translation calls it a calls this disruption three different things. So the title of this text uh, in the CEB translation is um, calls it a demon. In verse 23, the, uh, it's called an evil spirit, and in it's called an unclean spirit. So whichever one you like better, whether it's demon or evil spirit or unclean spirit, just go with that. So the demon, evil, and unclean spirit screams, What do you do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One from God. And I think the demon speaking here is the most fascinating part of our text. Because in the Gospel of Mark, it's the demon that is verbally proclaiming Jesus as the Holy One from God. Earlier in the chapter, John tells people in Jerusalem that a more powerful will baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And later, Jesus calls, um, earlier in this verse, but after that, Jesus calls Simon and Andrew to be his first disciples. But it is the demon first one to speak to Jesus, proclaiming to know who he is. So the demon knew some stuff, was right about the power, Jesus' power, but obviously it's laced with some false information about destroy them. Power, whether it's good or bad, does not like change. And they're, and messing with them, their power, they're not okay with that being tampered with. But have you ever noticed that are happening? It feels like other forces are kind of coming in a little bit louder to fight to the death to have their power back. The first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, political and social changes. That when freedom to people who have been marginalized, the people who have had this power get really defensive and fight back even harder. And those in power will not give up their power so easily. Now, I want to note here before I proceed. I am aware that some of us come from particular church backgrounds that would call mental, dis mental health disorders a demon. And those churches have tried to simplify it, not take it seriously by saying, oh, just pray it away. And if you're still struggling, it's your faith isn't strong enough, and your prayers could have been answered if you just believed harder. And if that, those statements ring true for you in your personal experience, I am so sorry. I am sorry that when you reached out and tried to be vulnerable, you were not properly loved and cared for by your church community. 
Instead of trying to understand and have compassion, they belittled your struggles and made it your fault. And I also cannot stand here and tell you what a demon is like for you. It could be a whole host of things. I can give examples from personal perspective, and I can give an, a definition on how a demon could be portrayed in your life and the world at large. So I'll give you my definition of demon force. How I would demonic force is when one seems captivated by something that causes one to do or to say things that produce harm to self and others. Let me say that again. Force is when one seems captivated by something that causes one to do or to say something that produces harm to themselves or to others. Now, when I am talking about being captivated, I'm not referring to when someone is so incredibly awesome that you are just stuck in awe by them and they take your breath away. I'm not referring to that. That's obviously a positive experience. And that's the kind of captivation people in the synagogue were experiencing with Jesus' powerful and authoritative teaching. So I'm not talking about that type of awestruck, captivated. I'm referring to the type of captivated that makes you feel like a prisoner. Maybe you don't want to do something, but you can't help it. Or maybe you're okay with it because you've never been taught anything different. You've never been taught a better way. Now, for example, in my personal experience, that's the only thing I can truly speak on when it comes to a sensitive topic like this. But for me personally, I feel like my mind sometimes holds me captive. Does that make my mind demon-possessed? No. But sometimes I struggle with a lack of confidence, and I have struggled with self-hatred before that I can't see past it sometimes. But I can at least acknowledge it now and know that it's a and know that it's not something that I should just chalk up to well, this is a part of who I am, so I just have to deal with it. No, absolutely not. When this, when this is not something, this something I can just acknowledge and just turn it off forever like a switch, it's something I acknowledge that is there and might be a constant struggle, but I've added tools in my belt and I know when it comes up, I can, I notice when it's present and I work on silencing its control. It's not a lack of faith. It's not about praying hard enough. It's that we live in a messy world and we're handed with simply that are not in our control. But some of those things we are handed with, that we are given some resources to eat away at its power. Now, again, only speaking on a personal experience, Maybe for others, though, it's addiction, it's trauma, it's greed, it's envy that's make you feel captivated and that you are lacking control in your life in some way. I can't determine what captivates in a way that makes you feel like a prisoner in your own body. That's between you and God and maybe your therapist. But in my understanding of a demonic force in present time, in our world, 
also means racism. This also means homophobia, transphobia, a lack of resources and compassion for folks who are experiencing houselessness. It's the genocide happening right now in Palestine where innocent killed and quite literally held captive. So to simply think that this Bible passage on demon possession is not relevant to us in the year 2024 cannot be true. Unfortunately, we are saturated in it. Friends, we have to wrestle with this. We are in this constant battle of power of good and power of evil. We believe that only one of those exists. But let's focus on some good power for a minute. The CEB translation captures a more accurate description of what is going on in the story than some other translation. The heading of this text in the CEB says, throws a demon out. Versus some other translation says, a man with a demonic spirit. The demon does not have a attached to the person, and the person's identity is not attached to a demonic episode. Jesus does not tear down this person, does not tear them apart. Simply, Jesus heard false and immediately shut it down. Jesus does not fault this person. Jesus doesn't say, who are you? What did you do? How could you let a demonic spirit inside of you? It seems like his was more to stop false information and to take care of this tormented person. Now, Jesus was just starting out his more public ministry. People didn't realize yet, and word was just start, starting to get out about this guy. So when he taught about love and compassion and yet had a strong sense of authority, people knew that he could be trusted. He to push back, but ultimately the power of good won out. Whenever there is social change, whenever there is liberation, whenever there is freedom from any form of oppression, and people are being awakened by evil and pain in the world through a good and powerful force, there is a reaction that becomes powerfully reactionary. As I was saying earlier, power doesn't let go of power very easily. Jesus was bringing change, and this force saw this change as a threat and someone who was a destroyer. That is not the heart of Jesus. Jesus comes to us in our pain and in our grief and in our sorrow. And Jesus is with us in good and the bad and the ugly. And Jesus is not blinded and naive to the world and definitely wants to silence it, to call it out and dismantle it. Jesus does not want to destroy you beloved. But Jesus is demonic forces in the world that prevents God's people living out into their full potential. In the wrestling of powers of good and evil, the goal is for all people to experience 
liberation for all people, and reconciliation with each other and our Creator. Even when darkness strikes and situations will occur that seem hopeless, the power of love will win out. We continue on, we keep going, we renounce evil, we partner with the power of good to the best of our abilities. We continue to see the good in others and we call out what is evil. When we see discrimination, inequality, marginalization happening to a person or a people group, it prevents an abundant life and it holds them captive. We must silence those forces and protect the vulnerable. That will always be our calling. Every single one of us, that is our calling and that will always be our calling. So beloved friends, you are so, so good. And Jesus wants to love you and to call out things that are holding you and others captive. Not those things. You know, on a personal level, the things that are holding you back and holding you captive. I can't tell you what those things are, but maybe just think about that this week. What needs to be and what actions and steps need to be taken to help make that happen for you to be living the life that you were created to live? And what, come and what comes to mind in things of the world large people groups captive? What can we be doing in our lives in whatever capacity we can to be in partnership with Jesus to silence those evil forces?